Welcome to the Elevate Your Event podcast, where we talk about how to plan and execute an unforgettable event that will dazzle your guests and generate more income for your organization. From fundraising and securing trendy auction items to event production and logistics, get the best tips and advice from seasoned fundraising and event professionals who have been in your shoes. Welcome back to the Elevate Your End podcast, where we talk about all the various ways that you can make your next fundraising event better. And we have in the studio today two lovely, I'm going to say young ladies, because that's going to get me in like good graces with both of them. <laughs> Maybe her. <laughs> <laughs> we have Lori Mackay. Say hello. Hi. At least say hello. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I waved at the camera. <laughs> you waved. You waved at me. <laughs> What's up over there? <laughs> Hi, everybody. And Elise Druckenmiller. Hello. Elise uh, heads up our client services group, and Lori is our onboarding specialist. And Jeff Porter, CEO of Hambit, and we are here to talk about, I would say, one of the more classic fundraising topics. And so hopefully, you ladies have, did you get a good night's sleep last night? Sure did. You did. How about you? Sure. Because you need to be well rested for this one because <laughs> we are talking about donor fatigue, but more specifically, I think how it applies to events, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Because if you're in AFP or if you've taken any other fundraising classes or if you've been, you know, kind of in some more of those fundraising training courses that talk about donor fatigue, we're not going to get into more classic topics around you know, donor fatigue as it relates to kind of overall fundraising. We might jump back and forth into that, but we really wanted to kind of bring it back into events. So event fatigue, donor fatigue, whatever it may be. Lori, boredom. Were, boredom. Are we already? <laughs> oh, I didn't start the clock. Oh. <laughs> I got to start this clock to make sure that we stay on task. But we've decided just to make sure that you guys understand the concept of fatigue, that we will let this podcast run for one <laughs> hour. Or more. <laughs> We're not going to do that to no, you No, Stephanie's our producer, and she's looking at me with, like, big old shaking of her head, like, not going to happen. So, <laughs> all right, well, let's dive into this. So, donor fatigue. Lori, you, you brought this up the other day because we've been to a few events recently where you feel like you've seen this set in with a couple of our clients. So, why don't you kind of speak to a little bit of what you're talking about when you think of donor fatigue at events? Yeah, so it's kind of multi-purpose. So, Frequently at events, we all want to make as much money as we possibly can for the organization that we're passionate about. And you hopefully have a room full of people that love you and love your organization and what you stand for. And that's awesome. That's what you want. But it's when you get into these events and either the ask is too long or it's too frequent or... It just feels like the entire time they're there rather than honoring the donor showing up and them having a great experience and then also giving to your cause. It's just this constant ask the whole time. It can also be reflected in you got the world's longest live auction going on. Like could be the yeah. world's mm-hmm. longest. Or it feels <laughs> yeah. like what you're what I'm hearing you say is that you feel like there could be those types of events where people are just being asked to pull out their checkbook. Like every events. time over they come and over. So this is kind of like you you don't want to be Spirit Airlines at your event. You want to be more like Southwest or United Airlines. Is that I would say more like a United. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. So, well, and fair enough because. Really good airline. Well, <laughs> I'm trying to think of talking about airlines. Airline. We yeah. travel too much. But, <laughs> totally. But, but let's think about that, right? So mm-hmm. you go, let's just take the, it's Spirit you know, which I don't fly. Okay. 
sorry, all the Spirit Airlines people that are listening, but in Spirit, you might be asked to pull your credit card out and pay for things along the way, right? Right. Southwest, you either have a drink ticket if you're going to buy something on the flight or you're going to pull your credit card out again. Mm-hmm. United, to your point, it's card on file yeah. in mm-hmm. the app. And so it's just a cleaner experience. And so I think what you're describing is this idea of I just want it to be smooth where I don't feel like I'm constantly being asked to pay for things. Yeah. And so that's you – know, look, and, and we realize you want options for people. But you're, I'm, what I'm hearing you say is you've been to some events where there's maybe too many options. Too many options that run for too long, to be very specific. So there's, there's the two types of fatigue. It's the fatigue of – it's just taking too long to do the live auction or the paddle raise or, you know, whatnot. And the, and the client or the guest is just, frankly, losing interest and getting bored. Mm-hmm. Okay, that kind of fatigue where you've been to an event where it's just so much going on. There's the other kind of fatigue where when they come and check in, they're asked if they want to buy a raffle ticket. They go around the corner, do you want a T-shirt? How about we do uh, this wine wall and this whiskey wall and this pet a puppy? And <laughs> I love the pet a puppy, by the way. That was really great. But And then they're asked to do golden ticket for live auction. Then they're asked to sit through the world's longest live auction. I mean, it's just there's two ways to look at it, too many opportunities to give beyond, I mean, I definitely agree with you want to have a variety of giving opportunities for people where they can, you know, get something for giving, you know, I I definitely agree with having different options. You don't have to have all the options. Okay. So you don't have to go look at best fundraising ideas online on a website and then do all 20 of them at your event. That creates donor fatigue, especially if your event is under 200 people. Yeah. Yeah. if it's I, look, I've been there. I hear you on this one. Yeah. Like, and, and I think sometimes, and I'm not going to pick on live auctioneers, but I think sometimes live auctioneers like to be the one on stage, and so they're going to recommend a number of these activities. Mm-hmm. And so you're right. You walk in the door, and it's raffle or drawing, and then it's wine wall or wine pool, and then it's heads or tails. And now we're getting into the on-stage stuff. And so I'm doing a heads or tails, and then I'm going to do – a a nine item live auction, even though there's 200 people in the room. And that's a lot of live a auction. Lot. Item. Mm-hmm. And that takes 40 minutes or more. And then when that's done, we do the paddle raise. And then at the end of the paddle raise, you do a run around. I was going to say run around or last man standing at the very end. You know, it's a great game. It's a great game. It is. But after you've already done all these things, right. it's people are just like, really? I mean, I just kind of want, is the bar open? Like I've seen people just. When are you going to close the auction? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I want to go home. I think a lot of this too, though, is understanding, understanding your audience. Who is in the room? Who are your givers? Who are your donors? Because, you know, you, you want to have all of these other maybe lower price points to get some of those, those other donors in the door and you want them to buy the raffle ticket or do the wine wall or whatever. But now you get to the point where maybe somebody who is going to bid on one of these live auction items, I feel like sometimes we see a correlation with lower revenue in your live auction because they've already done all these other things. Yeah. Yeah. And I I definitely think that having an idea of your people for sure and who's coming into the room, but also like just have some common sense around how many people are in your event. Right. And what kind of event are you running? Do you have a cash bar or do you have an open bar? Right. (laughs) There's money going out right there as well. And are you running a real casual event where people can go around and play like a variety of games? And do you want to 
have them think, you know what, I already donated by playing these six games over here. So now I don't need to donate over here. And maybe the games were less than what they would have spent on a silent auction, live auction, or even just a paddle raise. I mean, don't, don't minimize the paddle raise. I mean, the paddle raise is a big deal at an event. So it's just understanding the room and understanding what you're offering and also understanding the time frame of an event as well. Yeah, the length, I would agree. I mm-hmm. think the other consideration is some events are, are two events in one. You've got a, a dinner or a gala one day and a golf turn- tournament the next. And so you know that there's going to be more ask typically on this second day. What all does that look like as well? Right. Those all have to be the total revenue has to be considered and yeah. how you're getting that revenue well, and, and, and when you're asking. And, and also consider event fatigue in those cases because you know me, I love the concept if you're having a golf tournament and having a gala the night before, if you can pull it off because you want to talk about event fatigue. <laughs> Tee off at 8 o'clock means people are there at 7 and then be done at 2 or 3 in the afternoon and then try to have them st- sit around for an award ceremony and possibly an auction. Yeah, good luck with that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, these people are exhausted. And then mm-hmm. I've, they used to work where you'd go home at 2 or 3 o'clock, pick up your spouse, and then come back that night. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, Lord have mercy, that's a long day. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I like that, right? And it does break it up. But to your point, also, at some point, people are going to be like, you're asking me for, to buy another what? Right. right? So you're going to have to balance those out. And, and we can take an example. Let's, let's, let's do a, a world, real world case example of one of the events that we did last year, and they just did it again a few weeks ago. And what a remarkable improvement. There mm-hmm. was from last year to this year, and largely because we got involved, whether we were invited to or not. <laughs> <laughs> we, we kind of just did it. Yeah, <laughs> and said, here's your new run of show, and here's what we're going to do, and tell your auctioneer, and have him call me if he has a problem. Mm-hmm. But really what it was is last year you had the raffle or a drawing. We had the heads or tails with unlimited purchases, you guys. Okay, and we'll talk about that in a second. That was absolutely absurd. Longest, it had yes. to be the longest pa- um, heads or tails ever. It was yep. definitely, they were trying to set a Guinness Book of World Records on the longest heads or tails ever. But yeah. uh, anyway, so we'll talk about mm-hmm. that next. But And then we had the live auction, which had nine items in it, and there was 80 or so people in the room. Okay, so it was yeah. brutally long. Mm-hmm. And then we had the silent auction, obviously. And then we had the paddle raise. Mm-hmm. And... By the end, I want to say the event check-in is classic 6 o'clock last mm-hmm. year, okay? And by 9 o'clock, we haven't even started the paddle raise. Oh, right. Yes. Now I know who Jeff's talking about because I yeah. was like, what event is this? <laughs> now I know. Yes. <laughs> and so by the time we got through all of that, I mean, we had guests getting up and leaving. It was like 9.45, you know, 9.50-ish time frame. And we're still kind of getting into, I think the live auction spilled into the, you know, maybe 15 or 20 minutes past. And then we have to do a paddle raise. And then we got to oh. shut the auction down and we got to get everybody checked out. And people were really just kind of grumpy and pissed mm-hmm. at the end. Um, that's a long night. I mean, in the, you think about it, you'd say, oh, four hours doesn't seem that long. Okay, well, A, it was a Sunday night. And B, it just, I don't know, it's just that type of crowd that was ready to go home at 9. They were not ready to go home at 10. Well, okay. let's also point out for said event that they put an end time on it. Yes. So when you yeah. put an end time on an event, you will fatigue your donors when they get to that point and you're maybe halfway through your program. Right. And yes. you don't feel like you can leave. And yeah. you shut the bar down. Yes. You shut the bar down. And anyway, <laughs> 
And the I think the That's valets right. are ready to go home. Yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> we all were. They're all done. <laughs> so anyway, so so when we met with them over the summer, we said these are the changes we want you to make, and they were open to it. And and so in the very beginning, we're like, okay, so heads or tails, you're going to have to like. Ideally, we would like you to kill it. Oh no, we got to have heads or tails. Okay, well, you have to limit how many things people buy then. And then if you're going to do that, what's the, I mean, it's just a warm up game, then you need to make it go very quickly. So once they realized, okay, so what happened in Heads or Tails last year was you could buy as many necklaces as you want. And then there mm-hmm. ended up with two individuals left. They go up to the front of the room. One of them has two necklaces on, and the other one has like 20. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That person really, really wanted to win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, oh, man, we're going to have to sit through this. So. That took way too long, okay? And so this year, I think they agreed. I said, look, when you look at all the ways that we're going to ask people to participate, this is just a warm-up. We don't need it. We don't have time for it. The room is very small. We'll get everybody focused. We need to nuke the heads or tails game, you know, contrary to the auctioneer's desire, but it's fine. And what we're going to do then, remember what we did next? We... Swap the live auction and the paddle race. Which is a whole new controversial topic yes. in, in event planning yes. that I'm loving now. Yes. This is the third event. I yes. mean, I know it's a kind of a squirrel moment for me, but I'm thrilled with the paddle race before the live auction. Yes. Now, we, we did make one relates. compromise that I regret, right? But we'll come back to that. But we swapped those, did the paddle raise first to eliminate the fatigue of people sitting through a bunch of live auction items they weren't interested in. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then the only thing was is that I think we did confuse room because they wanted to do last man standing. We said, that's fine. You can do last man standing. But they wanted to do that at the end. And yeah. so we we got all the way down to the 250. We had great momentum in the room. And then the, and it was just cut off. Right. And the guy's yeah. like, I want to raise $100. And the guy's like, oh, you got to wait for half an hour till you can donate 100 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> so that one we didn't <clears throat> we, – we'd probably go back and say we wouldn't do it that way. No. But uh, but either way, we did the live auction afterwards. We convinced them to reduce the number of live auction items. We had them move a bunch of them to the silent auction. Which was brilliant. Yes. I thought. Yes, that worked out. And so long story short, we started checkout at like 10 to 9. Oh, yeah. I would even say I, we were done with checkout by 10 to 9. Yeah, well, and the room was cleared and, at yeah. 9. And, I was and out the, the revenue was nearly doubled. Yeah. Oh, more than doubled. Yes. Yeah. In certain areas, more than doubled, for sure. So, we, and people were happy. I mean, that was the thing. There were smiling faces going outside and getting in your valet vehicles. I mean, there was not a lot of grumpiness like there was the year before. So, I would say, you know, you observe that kind of stuff, and then you react to it. It definitely felt less chaotic as well. Just well run, less chaotic, and that goes with that donor fatigue of a good run of show also plays into donor fatigue, right? And and we changed up some things at that event that kept the momentum going except for that one moment. I would have to agree. Mm-hmm. That was disappointing. It didn't really go off as well, but it still was fun. They hit I their mean, goal on that one. Yeah, they hit their goal. I mean, yeah. it was fine. It just, in the room, it just felt like, wow, all these people are giving. And then it was like, and... Stop. Not right now. <laughs> we'll Time come out. back. Put a pin in that. And you're yeah. like, oh, okay. it's just a little awkward. Yeah. So I think if you're going to, just side note, if you're going to run a paddle race before live, don't couple it with any like last man standing because it just doesn't go quite right. Yes. Right. You know? So you almost just need to lose the last man standing, go right into live auction. I agree. Yep. I think it was super fun. So I enjoyed the event much more than the year before. Yeah. Yeah. 
So let's let's talk about other aspects of the event that can be fatiguing. Okay, and we've already beat this horse over the course of this podcast in the past around check-in, but can we can we not fatigue our donors if we make them wait in line for an hour when they arrive? Yeah, Absolutely. that would be great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Number one. Yes. So <laughs> you don't want them to be exhausted by the time they get to the bar. Yeah. So. The bar should be easy to get to and quick, and check-in should be fast and expedient. Check-in so. should be fast. It should be efficient. There's a lot we've discussed on that, but just to make sure that you understand in terms of all the aspects of your event, that is one of them. Yeah. It's the first impression. It's yeah. very important. I'm going to bring up another one, which is going to sound massively inappropriate, but I am telling you it is a big deal. Oh, and I'm looking that to is this. having adequate number of convenient bathrooms at your event. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we went to an event, and it was, I want to say, maybe 150, 200 people, and they had one men's toilet and one female toilet uh, is brutal. And I was like, guys are a little bit faster than women in the bathroom. No, it's no knock on women, <laughs> but there was probably 20 women in line for this bathroom. And they'll say they start using the men's room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And I don't blame them. And so I was like, yeah, this is kind of an oversight. So when you're like looking at venues and kind of thinking about the overall aspects of your event and where are my guests going to park, how far are they going to have to walk? Where are they going to check in? Where are the bathrooms? Where are the bars? You know, make sure you have adequate numbers of bars. We've seen that at events too. Yep. We just wear your donors out because they can't donate anything. Well, good thing they have mobile bidding in most cases so they can <laughs> bid on their phone while they wait in line at the bar or mm-hmm. wait in line in the bathroom. So just keep that in mind. Should we keep going with the the whole donor fatigue thing? So we can talk about the <laughs> checkout fatigue. Do you guys remember the event we did that was on four floors? Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's right. Because Elisa, it was the three of us. Yes. yes. It, it was. <laughs> As I'm yeah. thinking, like now, trust me, I definitely got a good workout at that event. Jeff and I had we we talked about this in that other podcast, but Jeff and I had our watches on and we're calculating how many calories we were burning, running <laughs> up and down the stairs. I was so tired after that event. I know. So tired. Well, and, you know, for that one, there was 130, 150 people, like attendees, yeah. and they had almost 300 items. So that's they an, did. That's another topic yes. of fatigue. So these, you know, 250, 300 items spread out across four floors for 150 people. Yes. There was a lot of stair walking by everybody because there was one elevator and it was used by everybody, including the staff. So donor physical fatigue. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's that a was thing. a physical fatigue. It's a thing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's mental fatigue. There's, you know, you know, you got your classic fundraising, like they're, they're no longer, you know, as, as empathetic or interested in your cause. I mean, those are all the other types of donor fatigue that, you know, everybody wrestles with as a nonprofit. But at the event, it's like, <laughs> it's the, you're asking me, like it's too complicated. It's the complexity fatigue, right? We just talked about all of those things. Yep. Yeah. Too many ways, too many moving parts, too many games, whatever. And then you have the physical fatigue of I had to park two miles away, okay, and yeah. walk and then wait an hour in line to get in and then wait another 30 minutes at the bar and then wait another 20 minutes to go to the bathroom. And it's like these are all the things that you just have to kind of think through in your head. Like, and then, oh, by the way, the auction's on four different floors in this building, and I'm going to be going, I'm going to be hugging it up and down the stairs. Right? I think also, I mean, if you if your if your venue is going to have four floors, okay, fine. What is the attire for the venue? You've got to think of ladies' shoes. 
mm-hmm. and what you're asking them to wear. Yeah. I mean, all well, of that. Mm-hmm. Plays with all into due this. respect, you have a choice on what shoes you wear. No, you don't. Look at the sh- no, look, you the look you just gave me. <laughs> Producer Stephanie a, saying no. no right now. No, you got three against one right now. No, <laughs> this is, you do not have a choice. You are going to a black tie thing. You're not going to, I mean, tennis shoes are cool right now. So you could kind of get away with that, I guess, now. Well, men could with but, a tuxedo for mm-hmm. sure. Women are wearing tennis shoes. I'm just picking on you because everyone, like, I go out with you ladies and my wife and you guys are talking about how your feet hurt. But we look good. Right. I was like, well, but those are all trade-offs of looking good, I suppose. Anyway. Well, that's a fair enough. squirrel moment, but yes. I agree. Keep Physical in mind fatigue. that your female donors that are attending the event are going to be appropriately dressed and <laughs> might wear them out if you make them walk up and down the stairs. How's that sound? Is that good? Yeah, and I think having- right. You recovered nicely. <laughs> I mean, I think to also speak to that event, the whole 300 items for 150 guests, that's exhausting mm-hmm. for you- as the person collecting those items, the p- volunteers yes. organizing those items. Yes. I mean, it's, you know, it turned out to be, a, it's a great event, but I mean, wow, that it, it's somewhat unnecessary and causing fatigue for more than just the donors. Yes. And yeah. then that, you know, when you're fatiguing your volunteers and everything, that that unfortunately leaks into the donor experience at your event. Yes. So, yeah, so being very careful and very being very purposeful because more is not always better. And I think that's the kind of theme of this in general is just because you can doesn't mean you should and you should be thoughtful and considerate of your donor's experience walk through the venue like a donor will walk through it before the venue yeah before yeah. you open sorry and we're, and we're talking about your bidders and not mm-hmm. your item donors yeah yes we can come back to that but yes bidders. so i think the number of items to mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. and there's everybody's going like, what's the right ratio i've heard so many auctioneers like spout out numbers it, it is not that simple to figure no. out, you know, but if you have a hundred bidders in the room, you have 300 items, that's too many items. Mm-hmm. Right. So we, we know that that's the case. I've seen auctions where you have a hundred bidders and 25 items and they've been killer. Right? Yeah. I mean, so you just have to, to kind of decide what, what the right mix is, but, and you also have to look at the item, the item mix. Yes. Right. So people get tired of the same stuff. Year oh, that's over a good year point. Over year. Right. Yeah. And I get it. Like you have a board member and they've got an amazing condo in the mountains and they donate it every year and they give you a, you know, ton of restrictions on it and when it can be used. And they're just difficult to deal with, but they're a board member. They're going to throw it in there every year. And that thing needs to make its way into the silent auction, into the corner. Like, I mean, at some point and you need to trade it up. I mean, maybe that's Keystone or Breckenridge and, you know, maybe you find something in Jackson or find something in Aspen. I get it. Like it might be, it might be a consignment item, but just look back through the stuff that you've had in the auction a long time and say, does, do I just need to refresh this item? Right. Right. I would completely agree with that. There's yes. been many events I've gone to year over year and, and then, cause you love the org and you want to go. And I'm like, Oh, seriously, this is the same with, this was, how many times are we going to have, I don't know, the Navy SEAL shooting experience with, you know, right. <laughs> which is a cool item, right? And the first year, everybody wants to do it. Second year, yeah. a lot of people want to do it. But that's not the kind of item you buy year over year over year. It's like a once in a lifetime it's, opportunity. It's an experience. Yeah, it's and an experience. Yes. So maybe do it every other year, you know, or do well, skydiving with a Navy SEAL. some of our SEAL. clients trade. Yeah. That's which cool. Some, which is sometimes a good idea when you're like, I've had this item for 100 you know, million years, but maybe this other charity that has some pretty cool stuff would want to trade with me. I, I 
We're not going to get into really taxes around how that works. I'm just saying that those are the types of things you can get creative around. I like that. That'd I be an like, interesting business. I like that too. I don't think I've ever been involved in one of those conversations. Oh, yes, you have. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think you have. I mean. <laughs> I stand corrected. <laughs> no, I mean, like we have an event. Like, we'll, you know, when we, we did that event down in Orlando, they had a lot of country music stars and they had signed guitars. Yes. They had a, an abundance of signed guitars from the stars that were attending the event. Mm-hmm. Well, they're not going to auction all those off. Right. So they wouldn't, right? And I'm like, oh, well, how about I grab that item from you, but I can get you, you know, this trip instead, mm-hmm. right? And we'll just swap that because you go to another event and it's like all trips and they they need to get rid of some of those they trips. They need physical items. They need physical items. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you know some people around town, you know, maybe you guys can, as charities listening to this, you guys can come up with a little bit of a, you know, marketplace. You don't know want to call it like unofficial marketplace. You're gonna. I like this idea. I do too. Elise and I, in all of our spare time, <laughs> we will start a new business. <laughs> right. The swap meet. <laughs> you cannot trade. You cannot trade your guests. If you have one of those problematic guests, <laughs> you cannot pawn him off on another charities event. <laughs> we want to do that with some of our board members. Oops, I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> That would be hilarious. I have a board member that I could. I have a board member that I could trade with you. Yeah, we could try <laughs> trading board members. <laughs> we'll give it a go. We'll see how that how it goes over. <laughs> I, if I end up being the one that's traded, I'll know. I'll, I'll know. know exactly. I just think you should consider for this organization over here. <laughs> so um, that the last part about the last one I would put on the list there is mm-hmm. the theme, or the location, right? But this wasn't a, you know, a podcast specifically about event themes and changing it up. But that can get a little bit old. And then, and yeah. o- or sometimes you can even misinterpret it being old. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you just need a little bit of a break and you come back. So, you know, my derby event, how long did we run it? Gosh. 10. 13 years. I was going to say 13, mm-hmm. 14 years. Yes. Yeah. And so we were like, okay, we're fatigued on the on the. <laughs> how event. many hats do right. I and right. derby dresses. Exactly. Oh my gosh. So we're like, okay, we're worn out on this topic. Our guests must be totally worn out. They must be so sick of this. This is ridiculous. And part of part of our fatigue is just even also the mental emotional fatigue of is the first Saturday in May going to be good weather in Colorado? Oh my gosh. And do we do it inside? Do we do it outside? I mean, all of that kind of stuff that just kind of also wears you out. Mm-hmm. So we moved it to the fall to a country music concert last year, okay? And this year we are not doing an event, and that's just because we keep getting booted from this venue. <laughs> not because of our behavior, by the way, but <laughs> contractual obligations because we were doing it at a concert venue. But that same venue has helped us resecure the Derby date again because we started hearing back from our donors saying, we missed the Derby and we want it back. Mm-hmm. Wow. So maybe sometimes you're wrong about you know, what your donors may want. Or maybe it was just the two-year, you know. Just the break. Vacation break was all everybody needed, and they'll kind of go back to it. But but think about where you do your event and also kind of how the event's structured, how it works, how it's themed, and decide do you feel like maybe that's getting a little tired and old. Mm-hmm. I think for the Derby event, it was, you know, we 
the country music concert was great. It was fun. But we really loved how this was during the day, a family event. We could bring the kids. Yep. Right. And so we were like, well, we're going to try gosh, to have our really cake and eat it, too. That. We're going to try to bring in a country music star. Now, my wife is not at all excited about this idea because she's like, <laughs> you want to talk about fatigue. You're going to have people show up at like three or four o'clock because the horse race in Denver is around five and then stay for a concert. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. She's like, they're going to be exhausted and pissed at you. I was like, okay, well, it better be a good. It's going to be. <laughs> we're going to get a good a, lineup. We're going to have to. We're going to have to increase the the amount of money we pay for a band and get something good. I don't know. Anyway, we'll we're going to have to have a out, but. podcast number two about did Jeff fatigue his donors for his. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, Carrie had a pretty good idea, and again, this goes back to switching things up. So, if we go back to a derby event, are we going to do it the same way we've always done it? I can tell you exactly how that run of show works. Maybe not. Maybe we bring on the artist in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And maybe we start the event at 1 o'clock, and they perform from like 2 to 4, and then we do our horse race betting stuff, and then we do our live auction, and we are out of there by 6 or 7. That's possible. Maybe you don't do a live auction. I know, you know what we should do? <gasps> we, should do a seri- we should do a podcast <laughs> series on planning my event. That would be fun. Yes. That would be fun. Because I'm going to need a lot of help. I thought you were hiring an event planner. Yeah, you can hire too. me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get Stephanie to participate. Producer Stephanie gets to participate. All right. Well, we promised not to. Well, we did promise this was going to be an hour. We're not going to make this an hour. We're going to wrap this up. Yeah. I think we've covered kind of the, let's just kind of quickly summarize, but I think we've mm-hmm. covered the major things right here, which is, you know, in terms of donor Event fatigue. Mm-hmm. We're not. We're not talking about classic donor fatigue, but donor event fatigue. We're just going to go backwards through them all. Your theme, the venue, kind of rolling back from that. The types of items you've had and how long or how many years in a row you've had those same items. The number of items to bidders. Right. We talked about the ratio. That. The physical fatigue of what you're asking your donors to do, whether that's flights of stairs or it's two. You know. 20-minute walk from the parking lot to the venue to the one-hour check-in lines or the long bar lines or the long bathroom lines or whatever. And then we talked about, like, maybe too many things for them to do at the event, Mm -hmm. making it too complicated. So Boring them with long run of shows. Too many live auction (laughs) items, a long paddle raise, a last man standing that takes, I mean, I think the one that I went to in April, that took probably 30 or 40 minutes Mm -hmm. to do that. And you think that's awesome. It is cool. I mean, you're making you know money, but at the same time, there's a lot of people in the room that are pretty worn out on it. So, just a lot of that kind of stuff, you know, just making sure that you understand, you know, am I maybe, maybe taking something too far, or am I, you know, maybe I need to cut something out. You know? Quality over quantity. I agree. Mm. Yeah. For sure. All right. Well, this was good. So anyway, if you guys have any questions about um, donor fatigue or event fatigue, or, you know, if you want to even just reach out to us and say, hey, this is what we've been doing. And what are your thoughts? We'd be happy to answer those questions for you. Mm -hmm. And if you like this podcast, please tell a friend, tell one of your fundraising consultants, um, tell one of your fundraising colleagues, you know, and um, go out there and find somebody that you can trade auction items with. And mention that you heard that amazing idea on this podcast. <laughs> Leave us a five-star review. Anywhere that you watch your podcast. And uh, we look to uh, seeing you guys again in the future on another Elevate Your Event podcast. Until then, happy fundraising. Bye. Bye.